Good morning. Welcome to the Bell and Pollock Legal Show. I'm Gary Bell, along with Brad Pollock. Our law firm is Bell and Pollock. We are injury attorneys. This is an injury show. We do different radio shows in the Denver metro area, in the mountains, and on the western slope, and up north and down south. But this show is an injury show. We discuss injury subjects, and we do a different one each week. We try to give you the information that you will need to help you, hopefully, uh, hopefully give you a level playing field with the insurance company. You know, we've explained this to you, and we've said it over the years. The insurance company is not your friend. You're in an accident. Let's say you're rear-ended. The outfault party has an insurance company. That insurance company for the outfault party is going to protect that outfault party, the one who rear-ended you. They owe you, the victim, no duty, and they're not going to help you. And we always say that, and it's in our books. You can get our books at championsofthepeople.com. That's our website. We cover all the myths. Uh, in this in this business, in this industry, one of the biggest myths is, you know, I was a victim, I was rear-ended, I was injured. Surely, surely some insurance company is going to pay me and be fair to me and compensate me, right? Wrong. Surely, I didn't do anything wrong, and that's what insurance is for, so they're going to pay me, right? Wrong. They're going to try to find ways to beat you. That's one of the reasons we do all these shows. We try to give you the information that you need. That you, that you absolutely critical information that you can use to protect yourself, your family. You can give us a call anytime at 303-795-5900. That's 303-795-5900. In the mountains, you can give us a call at 970-870-8989. Or just go to our website. That's the easy way, championsofthepeople.com. You can get our information there, our contact information. You can email us. You can uh, call us, and we'll be glad to help you. We'll be glad to give you a free initial consultation and a free legal game plan. We wrote the book on legal game plan. Our book, one of our books is entitled Legal Game Plan. We trademark protected it. So what are we going to talk about today? How does this all work? You know, today's subject is negligence. What is it? You think you know negligence? You think, well, I, yeah, Gary, Brad, we, I know that. That's easy. Legal negligence. What is it? So, Brad, let's talk about, you know, the, the common law established negligence, and maybe we better explain the common law and the statutory law, and we'll get into exactly what negligence is and how you can use these principles to help you. Yeah, and, you know, throwing back at you, Gary, you know, going back a long time ago, we have a definition that we can look at, and there's, there's so many different definitions of negligence. And it's almost one where one I, I, I know it when I see it, but it's hard to define. Um, and to going way back in our annals of, of law and, and education, we go to Black's Law Dictionary. And we, for those out there, we have a number of different authorities when we're going through, through college and we're going through law school. Actually, law school the, of authorities we look at, one is the restatement of torts. And um, we could go into a, a whole show talking about what a tort is and the restatement of torts and how it works. And But there's also Black's Law Dictionary, which is and has been the authority in giving definitions of what something is. And, it, you know, Black's Law Dictionary says that negligence is the failure to exercise the standard of care that a reasonably prudent person would have exercised in a similar situation. And, uh, you know, you start to think about that and you try and break it down. You say, okay, uh, so for every situation, every situation you face in life, there's a standard of care. There, there's a, a care that you, uh, a, a way you should act, a way you should act, refrain from acting. And in negligence is the failure to exercise or carry out that standard of care. But then they talk about that a reasonably prudent person 
would have exercised in a similar situation. So then you have to take the standard of what's a reasonably prudent person. And every one of you that's listening to this show right now, you can look in the mirror and, th- and I know if you look in the mirror, you're going to say, I'm a reasonably prudent person. So I will identify what negligence is by determining, is that the way I would have acted under that situation? But then again, when you leave now and you go out to the store or to the shopping mall, you look, every other person out there thinks they're a reasonably prudent person. And they think they they are, in essence, the standard of how you should act under a situation. And so when we start talking about negligence, we start talking about uh, identifying what's this standard of care? What is negligence really? Uh, what what do we understand should be negligence and how does it apply to each situation that's occurred? So, you know, even in a, a basic definition that we get in a de- basic dictionary, it says uh, the law definition of negligence is the failure to use reasonable care that results in damage or injury to another. So we, we establish this practice of every situation requires you to use reasonable care. And you've got to be able to define and identify what that reasonable care is. Right. It applies to car accidents, truck accidents, bike accidents. It applies to medicine, doctors. They have to comply with the standard of care. It's not always written down. It's the standard of care in this given particular situation. How would a reasonably prudent person act or react or not act in this particular situation? That's negligence. When you don't act the appropriate way, you breach your duties. It's all created by the common law. There's really no statute on negligence. And it's a it's a breach of the duties, and that's that's how. But what difference does it make to you if you're in a car accident? Why are we talking about this? I mean, uh, really, you say, "Well, I was rear-ended, so they're they're responsible and liable." Well, not so fast. We've done shows in the past on how they try to blame you in part or in whole for causing the accident, even though you were stopped at a stoplight and rear-ended. And you got to be saying, "You got to be kidding me, Gary, Brad. You got to be kidding me." We're not kidding you, but we're not going to cover that subject today. Just understand, you have to prove. Negligence. And what is negligence? Not not doing something you should do or doing something you shouldn't do, basically, which causes the damages, injuries, and losses. That's how this tort system works. That's how the car system works. That's how it gets, uh, that's how it gets started. So then, Brad, uh, you, you got to understand negligence, and we're going to eventually in the show get to the doctrine of comparative negligence, which is very critical. And so you got to start with the doctrine of negligence, car accident, somebody rear-ends you, 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 you're not supposed to rear-end somebody, you violated the rules of the road, so then you caused injuries, damages, and losses, and we've shown you how insurance companies attack this. Let's talk a little bit about negligence per se. That's a little bit different concept, and it, it can go it can go well in your favor if you're an injured victim. Because remember, the insurance company is not going to cooperate with you. They're not going to want to pay you full compensation. And so these are ways. This is ammunition uh, and and uh, ways to try to get the insurance company to pay you fair compensation. Let's talk about negligence per se. Right now, negligence per se, we would think is a pretty easy definition, and it should be an easy definition if our statutes are written correctly. But, you know, negligence uh, due to the violation of the law. So you're doing negligence, which violates the law. So all of you out there think about it in, in, a, in a rear-end accident. It can be a simple thing of following me too closely. Is that the violation of the law you did? Or are you speeding? Is, is that negligence? You, you know, you, because that's due, it's identified as you're failing to carry out your responsibilities, what you're supposed to do, and you're doing it but in violation of a law that's been established, the law is, has to be meant to protect the public. I'll say, so a speed limit, 
probably is a law that's meant to protect the public. Following too closely is, is clearly a law that's meant to, re, uh, to protect the public. Uh, a building code violation. That's a different story. Is it a building code violation that was meant to protect the public or was it a building code violation first or a building code that was for some other reason? Uh, because certain, certain of your building codes are for to protect the public. I, I think you could argue in a way that every single building code is, is meant to protect the public. But when you start talking about setbacks, that could be a whole lot different than than uh, building codes that, that have requirements concerning weight requirements and, and the amount of uh, spindles that should be on a balcony to make sure somebody doesn't fall out of the balcony or through the balcony, uh, the, the amount of strength the, the, the balcony uh, railing has to have. But then again, you know, don't ever think that just because it's a setback, that doesn't mean it might not be negligence per se, because maybe that setback caused a person to be closer to the street that got run over. That got hit. So, you know, when we start talking about negligence per se, first thing is we have to find the law that, the, that is meant to protect the public. And then once we find the law that's meant to protect the public, we have to find out if the person um, uh, violated that law. Now, what does that do, Gary? That, that's the thing. You fill in why do you care if it's negligence per se or just negligence? Yeah, why are we talking about this? But and let's give you a concrete example. So you, you're rear-ended, and, and Brad was giving you a building code example. That, that, that would also apply to a building situation, not to a car situation, but, but it was explaining the law. So negligence per se uh, is built on top of this doctrine of negligence. Negligence was created by the courts. That's common law. We inherited the common law. We, we define it for you starting off in this program. Then on top of that is negligence per se. That's usually violation of a statute. So so it's more than in addition to negligence. Why, why do you care about this? Because it increases pressure on the insurance company. If their driver, they're trying to protect and they don't want to help you. And if they're trying to protect their driver, if, if he or she violated, let's say uh, a typical example in a car case is uh, somebody rear-ended you, but they were driving carelessly. So they're, they're guilty of careless driving. That's a violation of a statute. That's in addition to their negligence. Now you're beginning to understand. Let's say they were recklessly driving. There's a statute on reckless driving, and, and they violated the statute on reckless driving. So you can sue for negligence, claim negligence, and you can claim a violation of a statute, which p- puts additional pressure and additional ways to prove liability when they're going to attack liability. And that's really important, Brad, when you get to the doctrine of uh, comparative negligence. Uh, you know, And we're going to cover that after the break. We've got a break coming up. So now you understand about negligence. Now you understand about negligence per se. It's violation of a statute or an ordinance, right? And it's on top of the negligence. It's an extra claim for relief. It provides an extra attack against the insurance company that tries to protect the person who hits you. And and after the break coming up, we're going to talk about comparative negligence. What does that mean? What does that mean for you as an injured victim? You're listening to Gary Bell, Brad Pollock. Our law firm is Bell and Pollock. We have offices in Denver and Steamboat Springs. We do cases all over the state of Colorado. You can call us at 303 795-5900, 795-5900, 795-5900, 795-5900, or go to our website, championsofthepeople.com. We'll be glad to give you a free initial consultation and a free legal game plan. We'll be right back. You're on your way to the store, then boom, you're T-boned at 45 miles per hour. Instead of shopping, you're on your way to the ER. Then comes the doctor visits, prescriptions, therapy, diagnostics, ongoing treatment, and the limitations. You have range of motion problems. 
than the ultimate insult. The insurance company makes you feel like the crash was your fault. You need a legal game plan. You want a legal game plan. At Bell & Pollock, we've used over 25 years of experience to develop a legal game plan just for you. Our game plan has injury rules, rules of treatment, rules of claims, insurance company rules, litigation rules, rules they use to beat you. Now you can have them and know them and use them. To protect you and your family, our Bell & Pollock legal game plan gives you the rules the insurance company doesn't want you to have, or know, or use. But guess what? We do. At Bell & Pollock, success is no accident. Find us at championsofthepeople.com. That's championsofthepeople.com. Get your free initial consult and your free legal game plan. We'll help you. Good morning. Welcome back to the Bell and Pollock Legal Show. We are injury attorneys. Our law firm is Bell and Pollock. We have offices in Denver and Steamboat Springs, and we do cases all over the state of Colorado, and we have for years. You know, we have over 30 years of experience each, and we've been in this business helping injured victims put their lives back together again for a lot of years, and we know all the tricks the insurance companies try to play on you. We know the attacks, and we can help you, and we can teach you because... If you are enlightened and educated right from the beginning and you know what you know what to do and you know what the law is and you know what the insurance company is going to do, then your chances are very much enhanced on how you're going to be able to recover and recover fair and equitable compensation for you and your family. That's simple. But if you don't know, if you hope, you're just hoping, you're guessing, you're just wondering, you're probably going to get run over by the insurance company steamroller. Okay, so let's talk about this uh, this doctrine of, of willful. We talked about negligence and negligence per se in the first part of the show. Let's talk about willful and wanton behavior, Brad. Also, it can involve different things like drunk driving and texting, etc. Well, uh, and and you wonder why you want these levels of negligence because sometimes they change and they can change what what has to be proved. Uh, for instance, if you prove that a person violated a statute that was meant to be, uh, the, or that was published for the purpose of protecting people or, or the protect, protecting people's safety, then you don't have to go in and say, how would a reasonable person have acted under these circumstances? And that the reasonable person now, uh, and, and that there's been a violation of the reasonable person standard. Instead, you can say they violated the statute and it's negligence per se, and you don't have to go any further. You just have to show the violation of the statute. Uh, that's one of the few instances where uh, who gets the ticket and whether or not the person went to court on the ticket can be relevant in a personal injury case. It's not that often that you run into that, but that's, that's what you do. So negligence per se uh, is, helps a plaintiff helps a person that's been injured to to get by that initial threshold of showing that somebody's been negligent. But, you know, what do you do when you have uh, other degrees of negligence? So you've got the ordinary person, you've got the ordinary standard of care, and somebody has acted or failed to act within that reasonable act, that reasonable standard of care. Well, you, you've got a simple negligence case, and you're saying, okay, you're responsible for the injuries and damages and losses you caused as a result of that. But what about willful? And what about wanton? What about the fact, what about the person who decides they're going to drive drunk? What about the person who decides they're going to drive under the influence of other drugs? What about the person who fails to uh, take the medical care they're supposed to take willfully 
just decides to forego the medical care that they're supposed to take when, and it causes um, them to pass out. What about the person who decides that they're going to take the medicines they've been prescribed to take, but there's that clear warning saying, do not operate your vehicle. Um, and what about the person who decides, I don't care what the law says. I don't care the increased danger. I'm going to go ahead and text when I'm driving. And what is that? And at that time, you're talking about a person who uh, has consciously and knowingly neglected the duty. That's what you're looking at. Did they consciously and knowingly neglect the duty? So you you can be speeding and not really recognizing you're speeding. You're just over the speed limit, you're doing other things, or you're just driving down and you don't recognize how fast you're going. You can, you can fail to stop and run into somebody and rear-end them without, without, without anything more than mere negligence. You were looking off to the side or maybe you were daydreaming or you were doing something else and, or you, were, you, were, you just happened to be looking at your, your, your odometer at the time or the, the radio or whatever and you run into somebody or you're talking to the person next to you. Those are simple negligence. If that includes violation of statute at that point, now you've got negligence per se. But if you're deciding you're going to drive and you're going to text while you're driving, so you've got your phone out and you're reading it and you're texting and you're using and you're doing that kind of action, now you've got a whole different situation. Because you're having a willful and wanton disregard for the rights and safeties of others. Right, and you can get into punitive damages, which increases the pressure. Now, we're sh- why are we talking about this? Again, let's go, the, go back to the basics. you got to be able to prove negligence. you got to go to an attack against the insurance company. And, and believe me, when you start getting being able to prove that the person who hits you violated statutes, violated ordinances, maybe was drunk, violated the drunk driving statute, but the impaired driving statute, didn't follow their prescription medications, then you start to attack the insurance company and their attacks. You start to beat down their attacks on you, and you start to attack. And th- that's how you eventually get to fair and legitimate compensation. Because you cannot just say, well, I got rear-ended, and surely some insurance company is going to help me. They are not. They're going to attack you. This is war. Just read our books. Go to our website, championsofthepeople.com. That's championsofthepeople.com. Our books are free. You can download an ebook free right now. You can call us anytime, 303-795-5900, anytime, any day, 303-795-5900 or our website, championsofthepeople.com. We're talking about this subject so you're educated about the fact that it's important to try to prove the person who just rear-ended you because they're going to say, well, gee, I, did, I didn't know I wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're hurt. I don't want to be held responsible and their insurance company is going to attack you. But when you go on the attack, when you start pleading and proving negligence per se, and when you start pleading negligence and when you start proving they violated statutes and, and, and those things that are that are for your protection, maybe texting. There's a statute on that. Drunk driving, statute on that. That's how you win these cases. That's how you do it. Now, also, right, let's talk about comparative negligence because that's how the insurance companies come at you. They try to compare under the statute the negligence on one person, you, the injured victim, against the person who hit you. Right. 
And and that this is another area where you have to be paying attention. And all this comes down to the fact that you want to find out what the person was doing when they were driving and when they hit you. You want to find out what was going on and why that, that dangerous condition was, was on the property. You want to find out what exactly was going on. But when you're talking comparative negligence now, there's now a review of your actions. What were you doing? What were you, what, how were you acting when the, when the incident occurred? Uh, this is a... This is a large, large part of the case uh, when we get in premises liability cases. Uh, we also encounter them quite often in car crash cases, but normally that's going to be in a car crash case when we're talking about uh, yield, failure to yield the right of way or when somebody gets T-boned or when somebody gets hit when they're making a left-hand turn or a, right, or a right-hand turn is made and somebody gets hit uh, the, the, or when somebody wants to claim that the reason I rear-ended you is because you jumped in front of me and your driving was inappropriate. You made a sudden stop that wasn't appropriate. You caused a crash. And what happens is when they start pointing to you, and now they say they want to compare your negligence to theirs to either mitigate the amount that they have to pay you for the injuries, damages, and losses you experience, or they want to avoid it entirely by saying, hey, you're as equal, you, your, your conduct was equally negligent to mine. And because it's equally negligent, neither one of us should be able to recover from the other. You know, under the comparative negligence statute, now that's it superimposed on the negligence principle, you compare the negligence of one person, you, the person who was rear-ended in our example, and as Brad just said, the person who hit you. And let's just use a numerical example, um, a stupid example here, but easy on the numbers. Let's say you were to recover $100, and you went to trial and you recovered $100. And and so the jury found that you were 20% negligent. So under that example, the judge would subtract 20% or $20 from the $100. You would receive $80. If they found you 30% negligent, the judge would subtract 30% or $30 from that example, and you'd receive $70. You see how it works? However, however, when you get to 50-50, you don't get $50. You get nothing, zero. So if the jury finds you 50% negligent or 51 or greater, then you get nothing, zero. And that's where the insurance company heads. And that's how they, and this starts from the very beginning. When they take your statement, they are looking for ways, right, to blame you. We've talked about this many, many times. So now we have the comparative negligence statute, which we just covered. You know, Brad, and there's some hybrid situations. For example, let's say a motorcycle rider, and they're not wearing their helmet. Are you, are you comparative negligent? The statute says you don't have to wear your helmet if you're, if you're an adult. What if you're not wearing your seatbelt? What if you're, what if you, uh, we're driving erratically and we have something other than you're at a stoplight and they say you caused your driving was negligent and caused and you were partially negligent and they want to reduce your damages that way. And, and you have to consider all these actions because let's, let's say you're not wearing your seatbelt with you brought up anybody out there when you're thinking about this you're saying, okay, if a person doesn't wear their seatbelt, how does that contribute to or cause or in any relationship re- relate to the crash occurring itself and you start going well it probably doesn't i mean if if you're rear-ended you're rear-ended if somebody t-bones you're t-boned is wearing a seatbelt going to keep you from being t-boned is wearing a seatbelt going to keep you from being rear-ended uh, probably not so you're going well it's it, why would it be part of the negligence and that's probably true and you make that argument. But what what does it do? Does it contribute to or does it cause your injuries to be worse? 
And do you have to start thinking about how that works? Some insurance call it, co- companies call it a collision after the collision. You're hit, you're rear-ended, and then you have a collision inside your car, but you weren't wearing your seatbelt, so they're going to attack that. The point is you must know these attacks. That's why we do this. You can come see us anytime, 303-795-5900-795-5900, or go to our website, championsofthepeople.com. We champion people's causes. Championsofthepeople.com. Bell and Pollock. We'll be right back. You're on your way to the store, then boom, you're T-boned at 45 miles per hour. Instead of shopping, you're on your way to the ER. Then comes the doctor visits, prescriptions, therapy, diagnostics, ongoing treatment, and the limitations. You have range of motion problems. Then the ultimate insult. The insurance company makes you feel like the crash was your fault. You need a legal game plan. You want a legal game plan. At Bell & Pollock, we've used over 25 years of experience to develop a legal game plan just for you. Our game plan has injury rules, rules of treatment, rules of claims, insurance company rules, litigation rules, rules they use to beat you. Now you can have them and know them and use them to protect you and your family. Our Bell & Pollock legal game plan gives you the rules the insurance company doesn't want you to have or know or use. But guess what? We do. At Bell & Pollock, success is no accident. Find us at championsofthepeople.com. That's championsofthepeople.com. Get your free initial consult and your free legal game plan. We'll help you. Good morning. Welcome back to the Bell and Pollock Legal Show. This is an injury show. You know, Brad and I do other types of shows, and we do a live call-in show on Saturday morning uh, at 7 o'clock in the morning. It's on the AM dial, 630 AM, KHOW. You can call us that on that show on any legal subject, any legal subject, even though we're injury attorneys. And we do that as a community service, and we've been doing it for many, many years. And people can call us on any legal subject, and we can point them in the right direction, hopefully help them or help you if you have a question. You can call us on that show. That's 7 o'clock every Saturday morning. Okay, we're talking about negligence and negligence per se today. So we've shown you how negligence, we've shown you if they, if you can show or prove they violated a statute or an ordinance, like maybe drunk driving statute, the texting statute, uh, the reckless driving statute, if they're willful and wanton, if they violated their prescription drug restrictions, and on and on. But you must have attorneys that know this, and you must know this, or, or you're going to get steamrolled by the insurance company. They're not going to voluntarily take care of you. They're not going to voluntarily pay you. But just a quick wrap-up on this uh, negligence situation. You have to be able to prove these matters. And when you do, you start to attack the insurance company behind the sat fault driver. You do, and it's important that you do that. At the same time, you have to understand that when that insurance adjuster starts talking to you in the first interview and every interview after that, that insurance adjuster is trained understands what the law is, understands what the rule, understands what they're looking for. And during that interview, that insurance adjuster is going to try and catch you into something that allows them to say you were comparatively negligent. That's why it's important that you talk to our firm, you talk to one of our lawyers before you have that interview. Exactly. Get get to an attorney early. That sounds trite, but it's so critical, so essential. People come to see us two years after the accident, and there are many things that the insurance company has in their in their uh, quiver, uh, arrows in their quiver that they can shoot because the people just didn't know. They don't know. But if you come to see us, you will know. Bell and Pollock, Gary Bell, Brad Pollock, 
Our law firm is Bell and Pollock, 303-795-5900-795-5900. Our website, championsofthepeople.com. We'll see you next week. 